records Smell the cover, read all the verses Tell me about your favorites on vinyl and vision Hey folks, thanks for tuning in to the latest episode of Vinyl and Vision. Here we are with episode 81. Uh, this is episode number 6 in our Noise Rock series for uh, No Coast Fest 2022. Today's very special guest is the Kronk Men. Uh, the Kronk Men is a three-piece uh, heralding from Bend, Oregon. It was an awesome uh, opportunity to get to meet these guys. Uh, I had known nothing about the Kronk Men until I started to listen to their music because of No Coast Fest and then... Uh, obviously speaking with them uh, on this conversation today and it was uh, it was a wonderful conversation um, first of all what you're listening to is the first track off of the Kronkman's last full-length record album three the song is called died in the harness uh, at the end of the episode we feature a small clip of uh, another one of their songs called uh, disintegrator that's the second track off of that album um, Talk, talk about a lot of stuff. It was a pretty cool conversation. Um, the topic of conversation was uh, Scratch Acid's Berserker EP, the uh, the final EP of Scratch Acid. It's uh, only six songs, so it was kind of a nice little little condensed piece of music for, for me to focus on. Um, very hard record to, to analyze because there's just not anything about it anywhere. But um, but it was great. It was a great conversation, I think. Uh, I think we touched on a lot of really great aspects and kind of like cruel topics uh including uh where the crunk men are from like and kind of how it came to be and it's a, it's a pretty interesting little story actually so uh i'm really excited to have gotten to know these guys and i'm actually going to definitely try to pick up some of their music very soon i encourage you to do the same uh we'll provide you links to their Bandcamp page so you can buy all of their albums as well there uh obviously whatever is physical uh to get you know they have tapes and some cds and some vinyl records but uh, limited uh, quantities at this point but everything is available available digitally of course so you can always do that and uh yeah um links to no coast fest will be provided uh, the crockman are playing on saturday night which is an awesome bill for for no coast fest on the, of the four days and um yeah looking forward to to hopefully getting to meet them in, in uh denton if not then uh, i will run into them at some point again soon i hope just like to say thanks again folks for tuning in uh all we ask is that you please do all the things you do with the please do all the things you do with the internet like share comment subscribe rate review all of those good things uh we really do appreciate it uh honestly from the bottom of our hearts um uh you can always visit my website psychostatic.net and uh, find out ways to support the show if you care to do that in a uh, monetary way we would really appreciate that as well and uh without further ado here's the show That's intense, huh? What's going on, guys? Oh, not too much. The Cronkmen, huh? Yeah. Yep. So, uh, right off the right out the gate, uh, I have to ask you uh, your names because I can't find your names anywhere. Is there a reason for that? Uh, I mean, I thought they were online. It's not. I, a, it's I, not a secret. Okay. Yeah. Because I just like I looked up your Bandcamp and your uh, your Facebook and all that yeah. stuff. I just couldn't can see your names anywhere. I guess it's I don't own any, any of your records yet. Mm. Is that like is our that the... names? Your yes. name. I, my God given name. Yes. Yeah. Okay. See, so yeah, I'm Jake. Charlie. Jake. Charlie. Yeah. I mean, we don't have it online. We got to modify that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I didn't know if there was a reason for that because, uh, you know, some it seems a little bit like, uh, you know, designed that way, like a mystique. No, like, hey, not, we don't want to. Yeah, I'm not trying to provide an air of mystique. We just probably 
forgot to put our names on there. Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, I got to get your records because uh, I've been listening. I listened to all three of them. And then do you have a new EP out right now or a new single? What is that? Um, It's an old EP. Like, we're going to be doing uh, some reissues of that. Like, we're working on new songs coming up. It's just, you know, the pandemic and life and everything happening. We're playing catch up with that, too. Right. But, uh, I think the latest one was the Cornucopia of Evil EP that we put out in late, late 2019. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's the, like, the yeah. most recent thing that's listed, right? Yeah. yeah. It's the most, yeah. most recent thing online. Cool. I just got to let you guys know. So, um, I'm sorry. So, now, which why don't we just start with the introductions? Um, Jake, right? Yeah. So, what you play the guitar, I think, right? I play guitar. All right. And Charlie, you are drummer. Drummer. All right. I'm getting it. I'm, uh, so this narrows it down. Now, you said your name was Dirk. Yep, that's correct. And you're the bassist. I am the bassist. Cool, man. So, um, so that's the band Three Piece. No vocals. Nope, no, no vocals. Why is that? No one's a singer. Um, what? Say that again. No one's a singer. No, no, none of us took up vocals, and um, I mean, at this point, it doesn't seem like we really need to search for a vocalist. I mean, I feel like we've kind of got our formula dialed in to to function without vocals. Yeah. No, it's great. It's great music. I mean, like, I love the instrumental aspect, and you know, I think that it gets brought up a lot when I have these conversations with musicians about. You know, sometimes you don't even really listen to the vocals uh, in in all different types of genres. You know, it's like it's sometimes it's just not uh, prevalent. You know. Yeah. So I mean, that, yeah. I didn't know if that was part of it. Like, if you guys just didn't think, like, you know, well, we don't really need vocals. Just you know, we rely heavily on on the melodies. You know. Yeah, we've kind of gotten to that point where it's like the music just speaks for itself. Like at some of our live shows, well, you know, the music will just whip people into a frenzy. It's like you don't really need a vocalist yeah. like fronting the band like in a live situation with our shows. Like it's almost like it evokes like just chaos in people. Like we've had some crazy situations and people breaking arms or getting body slammed on floors. Oh, it's Jesus been wild. Really? Just just from the music too. Yeah, yeah. That's crazy. Um, so what kind of bills do you guys normally like play on? Oh, uh, I would say we play on all kinds of bills. Yeah, we'll yeah. do opening slots for, you know, bands coming through town. We'll go out. We we book our own tours. We did more before the pandemic. We're getting back into that now. Yeah. Um, we're opening for Conan Neutron on Monday at Eugene, um, the 19th. Um, but yeah, well, we do all kinds of shows. Yeah, like with different types of diet, like style of bands, like different types of genres and stuff. Yeah, yeah, I'd say all kinds of genres across the spectrum. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, I mean, that's... We're, that's what I love about your music. It seems so kind of universal. I mean, uh, kind of a touchstone on like surf rock, psychedelia, and then of course noise rock too, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah that's, that's pretty that's accurate. Really accurate, yeah. Yeah, um, I I love the the new record or the last one before the EP, the, the album three. You just going by numbers? <laughs> yeah, at that point, yeah, you know, first three yeah. were just numbered, right? And we released that one through Forbidden Place. Uh, they did vinyl for us which is cool oh yeah that's great yeah and um what what's with the artwork like i love it it's just like the one and three are like the collage style but then the second one is just artwork like, uh i mean we were we were using different artists that we knew um, yeah for the covers really i mean it wasn't wasn't necessarily calculated i mean the third one was a painting i think it's just the Maybe it looks a little more like a collage, you know. I think it's uh, it almost looks more like a like a medieval Flemish painting. Yeah, like uh, um, what's his name, Bosch, like Hieronymus Bosch or something like yeah, that. Yeah, like Bosch or Bruegel. Yeah, it's wild. Yeah, I love it's it. Pretty reminiscent of that. Uh, but yeah, the first one was a uh, artist friend of ours, Josh Sachs, and he does collage art primarily. So that one was collage. Hmm. Cool. All right. Well. Who's that? Yeah, we worked with yeah. Wynn Wallace uh, for the Cornucopia album. And I think he's he was in a band with Brett Bradford from Scratch Acid, which is kind of a funny yeah, coincidence, too. So, yeah. yeah. Oh, really? That's crazy. Yeah. Um, where where is uh where is he these days? Is he still in Texas? I think everybody's still in Texas, aren't they? I would assume so. I mean, I I, I, well, I know Yao's in California. He's trying to be the actor. 
Uh, oh, scratch acid. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I know Ray Washington. Like, I stumbled upon Ray Washington's actor's reel too. He's he's an actor in some stuff, and it's pretty unreal. It's yeah, it's a it's a kick in the ass watching those. Yeah, I'm not familiar with it. I heard about him acting, but I didn't know what he was did. Uh, I'll have to have to look it up. I'll have to play IMDb him or something. Yeah, I'm not too familiar. I just stumbled yeah. upon stuff here and there. Yeah. So, um, considering we brought up scratch acid, uh. I asked, invited you on to speak about an album that was important to you. And uh, it's always difficult with a whole band, uh, multiple members, because uh, you guys had to agree on this uh, unanimously, didn't you? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we all had to come up, yeah, with, with something. It was tricky. Something one. we could all agree on, yeah. Yeah. So how did you make that decision? Um, I mean, I think we just kind of all put put forward some different different options and just talked collectively. Hmm. and seemed to focus on an album i think that was the most influential to us i guess when we were younger kind of forming the band that made the most sense because i mean we could have picked a ton of albums but if we're only picking yeah. about or talking about one picking one album mm -hmm. um, this is kind of what we settled on yeah i mean it's a difficult uh question really i mean you know i, yeah. I know that there's always tons of albums that come to mind but uh, but this is unique this is the first time i get to cover uh anything uh you know scratch acid or jesus lizard related which is odd because that well the jesus lizard name in particular keeps on coming up in these conversations uh you know revolving around the idea of noise rock um and i didn't know scratch acid actually i'm i gotta admit i, I like i'd heard of them but i can't say i honestly ever listened to the music so yeah. um my first impression from hearing this was that like i felt without knowing the history either i was just like this reminds me of the Jesus lizard, like a toned down kind of like more melodic Jesus lizard. It's, yeah, yeah, I can that see makes that. sense. Yeah. They're kind of more of like the American birthday party. Like, I, you know, I you see know, that Nick too. Cave, you know, right. Like that's that that was that was like the album, other album we were kind of narrowing down with. Either be like a scratch acid or like a birthday party album. Like those are probably two like the the, the two most influential bands probably on you know, what we're all doing for the mm -hmm. most part, like, you know, collectively. Yeah. I, I hear that. I totally hear that, you know, especially because, you know, I, I'm listening to both of you guys for the for essentially the first time and uh, and really digging into it. And I, yeah, I can kind of see some close connections, you know, like uh, there's definitely like the surf rock aspect. I mean, you guys consider yourself surf, surf rock? I don't, I mean, Not I really. don't know if I would use that handle at this point. Yeah. I mean, yeah um it's i think it's kind of hard to for us to really come up with a with an easy handle to describe what we're doing i mean hmm. um i know when people ask us people want something that they can they can kind of hang their hat on or say like oh yeah it's this but right. i i, I could see elements of surf rock maybe neo psychedelia you know sure. probably like some noise rock you know different types post of punk, stuff. Post, -punk, post punk post hardcore that's that's a good one. That one I just got mentioned last night, actually, um, that I forgot about. And yeah, but so so you, you mentioned noise rock. So obviously the, you're not saying that that's the sole category of what you would consider yourself to fall under. But uh, but how do you feel about falling under there? I mean, you think that that's well, actually you obviously think that's accurate. <laughs> I think it's it. yeah, I think it's fine and applicable. I yeah. mean, yeah, I think it's a, a yeah fine place for us to end up. It seems like we fit in with it. Yeah, that's accurate. I think so. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to seeing you guys. What night are you playing at the fest? A Saturday, Saturday. the 29th. Yeah, Saturday 29th. Awesome. Great. Yeah, that's also another excellent day of the four. Uh, definitely one that you don't want to miss. So, um, so let me see. Now, I was having a really hard time with this record. Um, I guess before I get there, let me get your opinion on on what do you guys think noise rock is? Like, what does it mean to you? yeah that is a that's a tricky question yeah like what would you just like how would you describe noise rock challenging music music yeah. that challenges the listener you know it's typically yeah you, you have just elements of like atonal or you know just noisy stuff in it mm -hmm. like stuff stuff that's kind of jarring or like just makes you uncomfortable i guess which is cool yeah yeah, yeah uh, musically speaking, but also a little bit of uh, danger, a little bit of kind of like confrontation or kind of like chaos. Yeah, yeah, chaos is good. Yeah, like I haven't been able to see you guys play yet. Well, how would you describe your show? 
uh, under those kind of the you know uh, premises we just mentioned. It's like a therapeutic release. Yeah, I mean, probably some catharsis. You know, we're just getting up there and playing. You know, playing what we made, playing it to the best of our ability. You know, yeah. putting as much feeling as we can into it. Um, I mean, I know for myself, these kinds of questions are always tough. It'd be like being in an interview and having somebody say, like, where do you see yourself in 10 years? Yeah. You know, what are your strongest attributes that you're going to bring to this company? And you're like, uh, I just I just want a job, man. <laughs> yeah, no, I hear you, man. Um, you know, I try to get into the into the brains a little bit because uh, it's kind of interesting that I'm finding like uh, and especially because this series specifically, I'm kind of like focusing on the idea of noise rock and, and it's been pretty interesting you know kind of figuring out what people's uh, like progressions were like in life so i guess the well, go ahead oh we it seemed like we all just kind of like we were we were pulled to that kind of sound like it's just like mm -hmm. the it's it's like comfortable to your ear like you know it's like once you hear it it's like it's like it changes your DNA. It's like that's how it was kind of hearing Scratch Acid for the first time, where that was kind of like one of those life-changing moments where it's like, whoa, this is like where you could kind of, you know, kind of go on what you're saying. This is where I could picture myself in like a few years playing. This is like the trajectory we're going as a band like this, but it's like it happened a long time ago. So it just kind of feels just comfortable and like home in a way, you know? Yeah. It's like it's hard to describe other than it just feels like, you know, I was it's something that's supposed to be in my life you know like these bands like the sound right and like you know it's just a lot of the yeah especially the touch and go stuff the am rep stuff a lot of the australian stuff that doesn't right. seem to get talked about a lot of the time um a lot of the early sub pop stuff too the seattle stuff's good absolutely but uh yeah it's so, like it's just it's all it just rings true it's just it's hard to even really describe other than it just feels like home you know hmm. that's that's a great description of it i i really relate to that um, so tell me, you mentioned, uh, you know, about this record, uh, Scratch Acid's Berserker, their final uh, EP release. Uh, when did you hear it? Like, how old were you? Oh, man. It was like 2001 or something. Yeah, it was like 2001. Yeah. yeah. Like, I remember ordering it from our, it was the greatest gift uh, CD on Touch and Go. It was like a compilation of all their albums. And right. like, it was the Berserker part that I thought was always the most brutal, too. But like, I remember hearing that, like, I got it from the local record store and just, you know, Getting kind of stoned and listen to that where it's like whoa it's like you could yeah. feel your like almost dna changing you know and it's like i've had very few experiences like that in my life with music you know it's like birthday party was a big one like that and mm -hmm. it's like even though they influenced scratch acid and a lot of bands like that like killdozer which is another great band like uh it's you know it's it came afterwards we heard the birthday party after scratch acid but for me like those were the two like yeah it was it was once i heard scratch ass i think we were like 16 like me and charlie and dirk was like 18 but it was uh yeah we mm. were in our teens and it was pretty life-affirming hearing that yeah yeah and so like what around that uh that same time frame what were you guys already kind of listening to like what was common a lot of punk like dead kennedys is a huge one too like the backing band of the dead kennedys is a big influence on what we do too mm. um yeah punk like with all the stuff we've always listened to we listen to you know it's a lot of um we're you know it's underground punk stuff at that point and just happened to get to scratch acid you know right all right and you guys are from portland oregon right uh we're from the band uh, we're, we're, yeah we're not from portland we're, oh, we're in the Bend. pacific northwest technically yeah. but we're more we're kind of more in the inland northwest we're in the high desert okay cool we're about 150 miles from portland so i mean so what's that like it's i mean right now it's a booming resort town but when mm. we were growing up i mean it was just kind of really it was off the radar you know it was very rural and isolated you know so that's probably yeah. got something to do with our progression you know we're not really part of a scene you know we're kind of off off doing our own thing over here you know you didn't get a yeah. ton of bands coming through town here so maybe that's why a lot of these other you know types of music resonated with us you know hmm. some of the more like inland inland american bands midwestern stuff because they're you know it's not the coastal cities that are the hubs of culture it's kind of people that are off doing their own thing sure you know yeah. or like the australians they're you know off kind of far removed doing their own thing down there yeah well so then uh, then who turned you on to music like at, at a young age like what was that like i mean i would say we probably started with nirvana yeah like that started kind of early teens like, you know? yeah it's like you know well yeah it was one of the first albums i ever heard was like never mind and then in utero and you know it's like hearing the 
you know, or, or reading about like, you know, the the name drops and like, you know, the, the shirts he wore and like just, right. you know, promoting all those bands where it's like, well, you know, I'm into this guy and this and this band. So it's like th- these bands must be interesting, you know, so it's like you go down that rabbit hole and it's like it's a great rabbit hole to go down. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you know, and then, you know, listening to like some hardcore from friends like the Misfits of the Dead Kennedys and and uh, Black Flag is huge, too. Like, that's a really big one on us. Well, like, well, yeah. Once you could get a car and go into the record store. Yeah, that was too. Town, yeah. And then you'd be like, yeah, it was like, oh, well, the guy in this band, he said, you know, he had a shirt that had this band. And you're like, well, what is that fucking band all about? <laughs> this was before the Internet was a big oh, yeah, part of the right. lives, you know? um, Yeah, so no, you'd that- have to go go spend that's how you money learn. on a record and you know and then you go oh well that's fucking cool and then it just you pull the thread and then it just it keeps unraveling and it leads you to one thing to another thing to another thing so that was kind of how we got into a lot of this stuff it was a fun chase too you know tracking down these albums and these bands where it's like it's hard to do you know and it's like now with the internet it's like everything you know is at your fingertips and it's almost just boring you know right. it's like you know there's some yeah. it's cool to stumble upon interesting I mean, there's, bands there's but it's still like, a lot of stuff it's just, that I would have never heard about that I'm finding that's older, you know, as well as new stuff. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it's it's a double-edged sword. It is a double-edged sword, yeah. You know, it exposes you to yeah. a lot of different stuff. You know, it, it also kind of erodes, you know, the culture around you in your everyday life. So, I mean, there's there's a trade-off for sure. Yeah, yeah. No, that's great. I mean, um, I so I was uh, trying to think about this record. Um, There's the, something I had to ask you guys. Uh, you know, I got kind of held up on, on the whole, like, not being able to find your, your names or anything. But um, yeah, I found I was doing research about this band, you know, Scratch Acid, and there's very little to find about them. I'll, I'll share that with you now. Man, I had a hard, hard time, like, just getting any good information about this record and the and the band. I mean, like, I know stuff about the members, but as far as, like, what they were doing at the time, like, how it was, you know, how this record came to be, how they wrote songs, like, where those ideas for those songs came from, like... It's like nothing. It's like fucking nothing. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, I mean, products if you, well, if you had trouble finding our names yeah. and, and we're, we're a current active band, it would not be surprising that you're having trouble finding something that's about 35 years old. Right, right. You know, but uh, yeah, I mean, there's that legacy with them and there's definitely like notoriety for them. Uh, you know, there's reviews and stuff like that, but reviews are, are, are you know, opinionated. It's not like any kind of like hard facts about the band. It's themselves. Yeah. But um but yeah, I just uh, it just made what I do here a little weird, a little little tricky. But uh, one thing I did find was like how they kind of uh, just came across the the name Scratch Acid, like just by combining two words and just kind of seeing what stuck, and that's something that jumped out. But I, I wanted to know, like, uh, where what is Kronk? Um, you know, we we had a list of names to choose from. We couldn't settle on something. Yeah. Um, and this was the name off the list. Charlie made a name, a name list. Yeah. We went through it. And in our minds, you know, the name was kind of like inconsequential because we were like, well, fuck it. We'll probably be a band for two months and then we can we'll get a better name when we have another band. So right. it doesn't really matter. We'll just pick this. We can settle on this. Cool. Done. OK. Yeah. And, and, now and I, you know, it kind of it's kind of a nonsensical name. I guess it kind of fit with what we were doing. We're, we're just trying to make weird fucking music and yeah. play it. And we're like, all right, fine. Cool. That name works. But hmm. yeah, I mean, you can't really change horses midstream. You get further out and further out and you're like, well, I guess this is what we're doing. But sure, yeah, yeah, there's, there's yeah. not, there's nothing really behind it. Okay. Yeah. Weird. Well, so like, where did it even come from? Like, cause Kronk, like, I, it's just like a made up word, right? Yeah, I mean, Charlie's yeah, came, came from Charlie's mind. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> cool, just, man. Just made up stuff. Yeah, probably, probably similar fashion to how Scratch Acid came up with their name it was just yeah. bouncing ideas off the wall. Right, and so like, did you? Uh, you were the one compiling this list of names. Was it just like one word syllables you were looking for? You knew it was going to be like something, something, the something men. No, we had, I mean, we had all kinds of random was, stuff. Yeah, I was, was yes. across the board. I would say it's probably, I mean, really similar to now, like how we would name songs. It's just like something stupid or random or, you know, has some kind of ring to it. You just kind of write things down, you know, True. throughout, throughout True. your life. And it just kind of, you end up with a, a list of random things to choose from. Mm-hmm. And it's just what's stuck. Crazy. Yeah. 
Well, that's uh, that's some something that you uh, share with with uh, the band Scratch Acid. I mean, uh, in addition to obviously being kind of like crazy noise rock music with a slight hint of like kind of surf rock or or melody tendencies stuff like that um yeah it's a great choice um so the first song on the album is mary had a little drug problem That baseline, that was amazing right there. Oh, yeah, that's a ripper. That's a great song. I was like the rip, yeah, the baseline, the, the the way it's all put together is just, it's a great song. Yeah, yeah. Now, um, I mean, this was late in their career. Uh, unfortunately, I mean, maybe they didn't know that this was going to be their last album, but uh, but this is the way to kick it off. Um, I definitely have read that there was uh, a progression made. Now. When I originally approached you guys about doing this uh, and speaking about a record, you did initially choose uh, the the Greatest Gift album, which is the well, that's a that's a compilation of three different albums and EPs, and it's thirty songs long. So it's, yeah, right, we right. narrowed down, and it's, and it's, it's also yeah. easy to find. Yeah, and that's a pos- it's a posthumous release, yeah. so it seemed like kind of like narrowing down. I guess for what us was the most um, the part of the album that pertained most to, I guess what what we were thinking musically you know because i mean the whole right. album's great but i think that we we were more more drawn to that that last third of it yeah okay and, and i guess i probably feel the same i mean i didn't sit with that entire album for too long but i did know that it was like you know a compilation of all of the releases essentially um this one being the the tail end um yeah so the whole album was great i mean it was a great experience to just kind of listen to it like in its entirety for the first time um because like i said i just like i knew there was something strange about it i knew obviously it was influential and obviously it it matters uh kind of culturally to the whole noise rock scene but um but yeah i just didn't really know what to what to make of it um yeah until i finally found out it was like dave yao and david uh sims that were a few uh, you know went on to create the jesus lizard of course so Now, what was the now when you first heard this for the first time? What was the the thing that went through your head about it? It was powerful and strange. Yeah, you know, it was an album that we had heard heard about. You know, just scratch acid in general. But it you you couldn't find that stuff very easily. You know, it it wasn't like you know it's not like today where you can get on Spotify or you can get on YouTube and find things like you could get a vhs of an old show now you could watch like 10 old shows that you never even knew about that are just just really stellar and they're just some random person uploaded it on the internet and right we're kind of spoiled now but back then you know you were hungrier for this stuff so it, it was it was pretty cool you know finally getting to hear the album it was it was you know a fucking weird album definitely different than a lot of the other stuff we had listened to to that point Right, yeah, right. I think as a group of friends too, there was just there was a lot of sharing of things. Like I remember, you know, meeting up with these guys, and it was like we we're making tapes of stuff, like compilations, and passing them off to each other. And you know, we we're all kind of like I don't want to say outcasts from like the high school or whatever, but just kind of like we had our own scene and our own stuff that was going on, hmm. and. uh and the music was a big part of it, you know, passing things around and like stumbling into into different sounds and different things and sharing them was yeah. a big part of it. Well, yeah, we were skating, you know, skateboarding a lot at that time. So I think that that goes with music culture where you're, you're kind of doing your own thing, you know, and the local local music around here, you know, it was kind of, I don't know, lot, lots of sharing of ideas. Everybody goes to shows, packs in the car, you know, you get a mm-hmm. new CD and then you're fucking blasting it. Everybody's listening to it while you're skating, you know, so it kind of has a big impact on everyone at the same time. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Now you, you touched on that a little bit uh, in earlier when I asked you where you guys were from and you said that it's a small town. And so, you know, this, it's not a very big scene, but, um, but you must have like a few other kind of like notable bands in your surrounding area or no. No, I mean, there's, no. there's people doing stuff locally. Um, yeah. Not that anything like we're doing though, that like you could like make a bill 
and like pull from local bands and be like this is a like a crazy bill you know it's like we'll, we'll have yeah. punk bands you have like you know americana bands like you know it's it's, a, it's pretty much like a brewery town right now so it's like a lot of the music that gets booked around here except for like a couple venues maybe three mm-hmm. like it's typically just like you know like the piano player in the bar like you know like you're just background music you know well i mean yeah. it's like there is there's Wild. people doing stuff there's people it's, doing stuff though, it's but probably it's like, like it's just any, different style any town usa where you got yeah. you know, a couple metal bands you got an yeah. indie right. band you got some absolutely band, you right, got right. A country band yeah, no, exactly. So, I mean, I know you got to have a couple at least, but, um, but so then, yeah, I mean, there's, there's not like a, not really like a, a regional, like sound or anything like that that you'd have in the past, just because right, everything's right. so connected. Everybody's kind of doing the same thing everywhere. Yeah. I would say that there's also not a lot of, uh, there's not a lot of bands from this area that are striving to play outside of the area. Like a lot of the bands that are here, they just they only inhabit this scene and so they they mm. just circulate this scene kind of rapidly right and a lot of them i don't know if there's just no desire to or what but a lot of people they, they don't even get up to the bigger cities in our own state you know yeah well, i don't makes, know why that, that is sure that makes a good point though because i was going to ask you uh about your own career like uh you know you're going to be playing down at no coast fest and so that's obviously a far distance from where you are um you're planning a tour i hope i imagine uh no it's gonna be it's gonna be a one-off oh yeah flying out to play the festival yeah Yeah. it it would have been nice to have to have tried to set up a tour to uh, to make it out there but that wasn't in the cards this year sure sure i'm I'm actually not i'm actually not even living in the area right now i'm about i don't know a few hours away from home base right now going to school so um it's a big undertaking to, to be coming back to town each weekend, hammering out the practices and keeping everything rolling steady. Right. So, I mean, just with, with everything that we each have going on right now, really making a tour out of that just before winter was just kind of unfeasible. But I mean, this is also something you have to confront as you get older, you know, as an adult still playing music and having it be part of your life is you're having to, you're having to juggle that with a lot of other stuff. Oh yeah. You know, oh, I just had I just career, had the family. <laughs> yeah, I just had the conversation with my wife last night. I was just like, I know it sounds crazy, but we're gonna do this. <laughs> yeah. So um, so yeah, we're in the same your boat. Passions too. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, and that's that's exactly the thing. Is it's like if you're passionate about something truly, and you really want to make a go of it, like to the best of your ability. I mean, it does require a little money, sure, and then time and dedication, and you just have to make take those chances. I mean, like you know, how how did you even get in touch with Jeff about the the fest? Like, how did he find you? He reached out to us, which was cool. We just got a random email just asking what it would take to come out, which was mm-hmm. cool. Yeah, like, yeah, he's a cool dude. Like, uh, but yeah, like it was just you know, email out of the blue, like asking if we could. We we're supposed to open for. Uh, last year with white drugs his band like oh, okay. reunited, they're reuniting for the opening of the fest the pre-show uh pre-fest show i should say and we were gonna fly out for that but just with like just the way covid happened in the fall it's like everything fell apart pretty much for everybody so we didn't make it out for that so we kind of mm. kept in touch and you know he asked us to come out and play this year so we're gonna make this happen right oh that's great well i'm glad that he followed up and followed through you guys got and getting you guys down there for finally yeah you so you've never played down there before, like even no, just, just in Texas. No, no never been. Never to Texas, been to Texas. No. Yeah. That'd so how cool. did so how did Jeff find you? Because he you said he you he asked you to open up for for White Drugs. Like, I am not he, sure. Yeah, Jeff that, that probably us. like probably just through I mean the internet. Yeah, like maybe through the you post some videos. Yeah, that we like have in the Noise Rock Now. Yeah, like oh, Noise okay. Rock Now, the Am Rep pages. Like you know, like whenever we have like some live footage or anything worth sharing. I think I'll throw it out there and just, you know, Amazing. Just, see, just, you know, how pe- people like it, you know, it's like they can love it or leave it, but it's like, I'm going to throw it out there, you know? Right. And like, no, that's great. Yeah. He, he just, it was out of the blue, you know, it was cool. That's so awesome. Well, you know, that's, pretty fucking amazing i think you know in this day and age like you know we mentioned earlier about like how you can kind of find anything and just kind of get bored with it because there's so much shit on the internet that you can find yeah uh to to have you know made you mind your way through all of that to him enough for and to have made enough of an impression that he said like i gotta get these guys for my festival like that's pretty amazing 
that's yeah it's an yeah. honor honestly yeah, yeah absolutely yeah. It's, it's, it's really rad especially from you know from coming out coming out from like such a small and rural beginnings and just like listening to all these music seeing all this stuff evolve to this point where we're at now i guess and then actually like we're kind of a part of it now you know and yeah we're from the middle of nowhere <laughs> <laughs> right and you're flying into the middle of nowhere to play a show about fucking <laughs> yeah. crazy music yeah no it it absolutely barbecue will. honestly uh i don't me too man it's gonna be I so good going to be barbecue in texas oh, yeah. oh texas, texas barbecue not a, not a large barbecue no. <laughs> barbecue. there might they might have some there i don't know it, uh, you never know there's got to be some vendors you know it's gonna be all day really right <laughs> All right, well, let's uh, let's move on to the next song uh, for crying out loud. I was happy and comfortable. So comfortable with my friends and family. That was essentially it, huh? <laughs> yeah, that one's rad. Yeah. Washam's a rad drummer like uh yeah just I like the the play of the bass and the drums on that and yeah it's kind of like glassy guitar it's yeah it's isn't it weird too. fucking crazy um so I was just yeah, listening that, one to has this. A, that one has a real a real ethereal kind of feeling the way that, the way that the the way that it kind of wanders mm-hmm right um like i was listening to it just now and um so the the problem with this song was that uh for some odd reason there's no lyrics for this song printed anywhere it's not on the lyric sheet on the inside it's not mm -hmm. online can't find anywhere but there's definitely words okay so this fits into that whole thing i was mentioning earlier about like you know you guys are an instrumental band and uh this is a song that has lyrics but it's still not important enough to even write I them anywhere it's essentially a, a giant hand picks this man up and takes him into the sky <laughs> something like that really releases him and he's he's very relieved about that yeah that's that's yeah. pretty cool i mean like. it's not yeah. a very plausible scenario it could, happen. It's, it could happen i don't know i mean <laughs> that could happen when you die we don't know who fucking knows <laughs> that'd be pretty cool <laughs> right yeah. you just get picked up and it's just like oh shit it's my time that, that's how it happens okay <laughs> yeah man that's fucking crazy that's well so that puts it into a little bit of a different perspective but i was going to ask you guys like you know considering you don't give a you don't need you don't use words you don't need them uh like how do you go about like writing your songs like what's the first step um you know sometimes somebody will maybe have like a riff that comes in or a drum beat but a lot of it is just being in the same room and just kind of Kind of play it, just jam it. We'll kind of riff on an idea and then right. just keep developing it. And then it just kind of goes from there, you know, which which may that's how we've always played, you know. So maybe maybe we've taken that for granted. I don't know if that's how a lot of other bands work, but for mm -hmm. us it's that's how most of our writing comes about. Yeah. yeah, we've been playing together for like 23 years. So it's like we got like a kind of a chemistry down. It's almost more like you know, you know, stuff just kind of just starts happening. It's like, there's not really too much thought initially put into it. Like you'll just start like playing a riff or a beat will just start happening. And then like, you just start jamming with it. It's almost like you just kind of like turn it off and just start, let the fingers do the walking or something, you know? It's like, it's hard to describe. Like yeah. some of the songs turn out that way. Like we don't really craft too much stuff and bring it in. It's, it is typically when we're all three in the same room. Like, yeah, I don't know, uh, it's, it's hard to describe, it just happens. And, and, then and you guys crafting like sure. once you get the initial body of the song then it's like fine-tuning and like you know trying right. to think of like you know what should we do next here going into something else and then like then you play the the shit out of it and try to hammer it out as much as you can before mm -hmm. you record it you know sometimes yeah. in those situations where it's like you're finishing up songs and you got like maybe like a month to just try to practice it out before like you go record and you know you'll end up hammering it out more when you play it live after the recording and it starts to evolve and all of our songs tend to even you know you play them live so much they just mutate and change it's like yeah. there's maybe like a 10 percent, five to ten percent like wiggle room of how things change depending on the night you know yeah, it's right. like it's hard to describe but nothing's ever set in stone fully. it's slightly improvisational kind of yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. that's awesome 
Um, oh, you you just said something that kind of like uh, sparked an interesting thing. Oh yeah, so the band uh, Scratch Acid, I remember reading, you know, very early before they even really started performing any anywhere, um, went through a kind of a lineup change. You know, uh, like Dave Yao was originally the bass player, yeah, and yeah. Uh, David W. Sims was originally on guitar. Um, have you guys gone through any weird changes like that, or are you multi instrumentalists? Well, Dirk kind of is like he he plays drums and some piano and like I just play a lot of guitar. I've always just played guitar. Like I I can I dabbled on drums and stuff like that, but yeah, I just I'm just kind of a guitar player. Sure. I mean, for me, uh, I started playing drums because I was hanging out with these guys and they they had like kind of started. I don't know, maybe a few years before or something. It was like six months or something. Yeah. I started playing instruments. We were all skating and hanging to, hanging out and sharing music and whatnot. And, you know, they had expressed interest in, you know, starting band, doing something. And there'd been, you know, some cheap hand-me-down drum set floating around. And God, I guess I was the only one that really stuck it out. <laughs> yeah. Well, really? I think Wait. more... You were a good skateboarder, so we assumed that you could probably drummer, play yeah. drums. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, so, so you never... a lot of sense. So this is your first band, Charlie? Yeah. Well, this is all of, all our, of our first band. Our yeah. first really? Band. Like, yeah. we started this one, like, what? I think we were, we were four, or 15. I think Dirk was 17 in high school. Yeah. We were, like, at the end of our freshman year when we first started. Whoa. Oh. That's crazy. That's, uh, that's yeah. you guys are, like, an old married couple. Like... Yeah, pretty yeah. much. Yeah. <laughs> That's like awesome. Rolling Stones in Central Oregon. Right. Well, so so what's next for for you guys? Like, uh, do you plan on doing a new record at all anytime soon? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. it's yeah. like we, we yeah. have new songs in the works. It's just a matter of like, just with schedules this year. It's like you know Charlie's going to school like uh, in Southern Oregon right now, and you know just life. It's like we're trying to get together mainly just to like our focus this year is to you know play the shows we have scheduled we have a couple local shows we're going to eugene on monday and mm -hmm. then uh we're going to be doing no coast but it's mainly just trying to focus on this right now and then like really just hammer it out over the winter and well, try to record it's, next it's year. only been like maybe eight months that things have been relatively normal enough to even have yeah life music shows, right yeah. in right. most parts of the country you know so it's like the last two or three years have kind of been for everyone everyone's been put on hold nobody nobody really knows what to do so we're we're, you know, the things are now starting up again. Um, you know, we're kind of getting out there, making the most of it. There's no need to really rush to where it's like, if we got new songs, it's like, you know, get to the point where we can incorporate those in the set and then you hammer them out to the point where you're like, this is where it should be. This yeah. is the song. And now we need to record it. But uh, yeah, our so goal is, like, to, right. is to get back into the studio next year. Yeah. Hmm. Cool. Any plans for vinyl? Uh, rad, yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, there's always vinyl. Always sounds great. Yeah, but I mean, cool, like yeah. uh, the last, um, the last album. No, no. Who put that out? Wasn't Forbidden Palace, right? Yeah, for, uh, Forbidden Place Records. They're Forbidden out of Denver. I think they're out of Illinois now. I think a guy Tony moved. Yeah, and which but, were you referring to the EP that we put out or that, yeah, the that was <laughs> well, that was self released, right? The EP. Yeah, yeah that, that was self-released, yes. Okay, all right. So then uh, Forbidden Palace put out the last full album. Yes. Yeah, Forbidden Place. Forbidden Place, Forbidden I'm Place sorry. Records, I keep on yeah. saying that. Yeah, um, no, it's okay. Oh, it sounds cool. Yeah, Forbidden yeah. Palace sounds yeah. pretty red, too. Yeah. I'll ask him if he wants to, like, maybe change it. Maybe it'll work out better for him. I don't know. Yeah, you'll get <laughs> some royalties off that. Yeah. Yeah, a little finder's fee. That's all that. I need. Just a few bucks is cool. Um, <laughs> so are they, do, any plans to have them put out the next one, then? Or just haven't gotten that far. Actually, like, you know, we're just kind of really gotten to that point yet. You know, it's like we're just kind of biding our time and, you know, it's get the songs, get them recorded. Yeah, I think probably getting getting in the studio and getting it getting it committed to tape would be first. Yeah, it's kind of past that. Sure. Like the long game, play it a step at a time, you know. Right. Well, you're not contracted to them, right? Sure. So you're not you're not contracted to them, right? Yeah. No, no. You're free agents. We're free agents. Right. Yeah. There you go. We'll try to get on the Boston Celtics this year. Yeah, I hope it works out, man. You'll be much closer to me if you do. You know. Yeah. Can, can yeah, relocate. <laughs> All right. Well, let's. Uh, how about we move on to the next song? Uh, Morons, moron. Yeah. Oh yeah.
crazy. Oh, that one's awesome. That's probably my favorite Scratch Acid song. Honestly, yeah. that one's just it's it's intense. Like the pictures it paints, like you you know even musically, it's like it's just yeah. it's it's sinister. It's like it's it's probably the closest to a birthday party song I think too. You know, it's totally like screams around us, Howard. Yeah, yeah. No, I get that. I uh, I definitely hear that. And like, yeah, lyrically, it's pretty pretty dark over here. Oh yeah. <laughs> like I'm just looking at it right now. I'm just like Jesus Christ. Um, I mean, I have my moods where this is cool. Like I enjoy it. Like, I mean, and, and I mean, like you were saying, I mean, the song itself is just kind of got an eerie presence to it and it's, and it's awesome. And it does, it's very reminiscent of, uh, of, uh, the birthday party. But, um, but yeah, when you look at it, like, uh, like right in front of you, that's like, that's when it kind of really kind of stands out and you're like, Oh shit, what am I putting in my brain? <laughs> I think it's a song about rednecks. Yeah, I think so. Or at least like, uh, you know, so how he feels about the community he's growing up in, I guess, you know, um, you know, the morons moron. I, I think it's a great little phrase, you know, kind of like a play on man's man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, there you go. Great. Yeah. Right. We already mentioned a little bit about where you're from, uh, from Bend, Oregon. Um, you know, but uh, is that kind of how you guys feel like, uh, or at least like when you're growing up as, uh, you know, developing teens, starting this band for the first time and starting to pick up instruments? would would be to feel like uh well like was it uh did your surroundings kind of like influence you to like um kind of despise the people around you and kind of want to isolate yourselves and create i mean i dark crazy music that no i wouldn't say that um yeah were you guys i mean i think when you're younger you always you always kind of tend to want to break from your surroundings and your upbringing yeah. I think that's normal to a degree, but then I think as you get older, you know, you kind of come back, um, right. come back around full circle. Oh yeah, yeah. For I, sure. I wouldn't, I wouldn't say that we're, yeah, that we despise that at all. I mean, right. Um, yeah, because we all do things with our hands. You know, our our parents were all working class people. Yeah. Um, well, so you like got along with kids like when you were in high school, like around that time in your life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, yeah. We're friends. I was friends with everybody. I got along with, like the Hicks and the Stoners and the Jocks, yeah. and it's like huh. you know, I just kind of like. But I think you know, we were all kind of probably searching for something different. You yeah, know, right. Like there's been a disconnect. I didn't really feel you know completely comfortable. You right. know, but it's like you get right. along and you get by. But it's like yeah. it doesn't make. I never really hated anybody. I can't say I really hate anybody. No. But like right. you know, it's like. We just always wanted to make really weird, noisy music. It's yeah, just I mean, like this is, it's like when you discover yeah. bands like Scratch Acid. It's almost like it just rings true, where it's like, you know, this is this is us kind of. It's just it's like yeah. looking in a mirror in a way. It's like right. it just you feel like like I said earlier, it feels like home. You know, yeah. where it's like I just you just kind of always wanted to make the weird stuff that like not necessarily makes people happy, but makes me happy. And if it makes you uncomfortable, I'm cool with that too. It's like, I, I enjoy like the negative reactions it shows, you know, it's like, right. it's almost yeah. like that drives you more than like a positive reaction. It's like, I, I take negative yeah. reactions better than positive reactions. It's like, you know, people coming up wanting to like, you know, talk about stuff. It's, it's hard compared to yeah. like, you know, where it's like, that made me really uncomfortable. And it's like, cool. You know? yeah, no, a, a, a reaction of any sort from somebody when it comes to like making an art is yeah, it's, it's amazing. That's all you really care for, you know? um i I get i get it i can definitely see the love it or leave it you know yeah i suppose yeah it's better it's better than a tepid reaction whether it's good or good or bad i mean if it evokes a a visceral response you know i suppose that's that's something well you mentioned earlier about some of your live shows where some crazy shit happened like uh like some people breaking bones like what the hell is that about (laughs) how's that happen just just people get it's like usually like we're playing like last and everybody's like you know usually pretty drunk so it's like, oh, okay. you know, you just, it, it whips into a frenzy and things will happen. You know, there's like windows that have been broken, like people getting right. body slammed, like, you know, broken bones. Like, you know, it's just, it's just people getting crazy. You know, it's yeah. almost like, you know, like there's, there's an element in most people that are, that need to do that. And it's like, there's, they need something to pull that out of them and like make it happen. And it's right. like, I think, you know, it's just us in front of these people in a drunken room, you know, and it's like, it, it just kind of like evokes that like total chaos, you know, right, right, which is good. Like people need that sometimes, but they don't necessarily need to get hurt, you know, but oh, of course, yeah, I don't know. No. It's like, it's not like every night, you know, it's like, you know, it's like, this will happen randomly, you know, and 
it's just it's it's worth taking note of right it's pretty silly shit actually i would say no, it's like even it is but it's it's amazing i mean because it's kind of like this band you know like i mean scratch acid was kind of notorious for for you know putting on these insane shows where you know it wasn't like uh like uh like premeditated in any sense as far as like causing causing chaos chaos causing chaos but it's just part of like that aspect of like what makes up noise rock in the first place is that there's this element where it's just spontaneity and impulsion takes over and you just lose it and you lose control of yourself yeah i think a lot of it is like it's a it's kind of a basic human instinct and it's in response you know to like just your emotions and, and your feelings and how things are, you know, I mean, this, this area when we were growing up was largely really conservative and rural. And, uh, you know, for most of us growing up here, we were going to the city and, you know, seeing bigger bands and experiencing different things. And it felt really isolated out here. And it, especially, you know, in our younger years, you know, everybody kind of has that you know, sort of confusion and angst and stuff. And it's like our music just kind of reflected that. It was a way to get your yayas out, basically. Mm -hmm. And it still is for me, you know, it yeah. still really is. It's like almost like the, the emotions you don't know how to talk about or the things you don't know how to really resolve. They come out in, you know, a, a fury in a way musically. Yeah. yeah. And it comes and, it, and, and think, that the same thing for your audience. I, I think the like. audience the audience responds to that in a way, you know, it's, it's unspoken, but you can see it. Yeah. Yeah. Do you, um, like you don't, you're not doing any touring, right? Like, uh, like how, like how far have you gone travel wise for, for shows? I mean, kind of up to five in the Northwest. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so, yeah. so Washington, like Idaho. Washington, Idaho. Yeah. yeah so like we're, we had plans like with some, uh, with another band, we we're going to do a tour in 2020. We we're starting, we had all these shows lined up too. And then like, you know, COVID hit and like, yeah. Oh, was, yeah. like, yeah, yeah, we were on a pretty good trajectory. And like, we had all these out of town shows, like we're going to go down to California, like, mm -hmm. uh, better venues this time around. And then it's just like, it just wiped everything. Yeah. Down. Just like everybody else, you know? Yeah. The general so, goal like, is, yeah. To kind of just go in larger concentric circles. Yeah. Maybe yeah. Like try to get out towards like Denver or like, you know, Try sure. to get out maybe a little bit further east. I'd love to do like a Midwest tour. There's so many, you know, just cool cities out there you could probably hit up. And, oh, yeah, absolutely. You know, it's like trying oh, to get to that point. It's just, you know, getting getting the time and, you know, right. it's like life happens too, you know. Oh, it's I like know, you man. Put everything on hold, but, you know, yeah, you yeah, know. The, the the touring yeah. and like you know sleeping on floors is, is a very very uh hard proposition at this point in our lives so i do it uh, again i totally do it again i got no problem with that you know? I, I we very well might on uh yeah. last october weekend so we'll oh, see yeah, I'll be, I'll be a blast. <laughs> yeah. um because i was asking about that because uh you know the this relationship that you have with your audience i mean it, uh, it seems like that they feel that same uh like uh like power that comes over them like it does you when you're playing the music which which is a little uh i think that's unique and i think that's great because i know that there's there's pockets of scenes that are like that where you know that type of energy is just transferable and it just you could feel it in a room whereas like you know where i'm from right now i feel like we've lost a lot of that love and like that that just kind of positive vibe feeling like there's still great bands here and there's still great shows happening but i think the audience interaction with uh with that energy is is uh dismal you know yeah it depends on the night you know or like there's a lot of variables but like you know when everything's kind of in line it can get crazy and it's like you can totally feel well, that energy transfer maybe, maybe mm -hmm. not having maybe not having vocals helps with that yeah um, yeah there's something like you have that, to latch I on that would help you know I, I there's want, just that's... some guys that get up on stage and play some music and you happen to go to a show and then you're just like oh what's this and then right. yeah maybe, maybe vocals get in the way of that to a degree maybe maybe that's worked to our benefit yeah not yeah well I'm, i gotta say i can't I mean, say because we're we're in the band we're not watching the band yeah. so we're, we're right. very we only have a one-sided view of it of course and, and you know and that and that's and i'm sorry that i cannot cannot provide that other uh, pro, uh perspective because oh, it's a, it's i want to oh, i want to see you guys at some point i mean like i'm not even sure if i'm going to be able to be there on saturday but i'm going to try my best uh we're still kind of in planning stages as far as like how is that weekend going to like you know lay out for us 
but yes. uh but i really want to because you say you guys sound incredible and the records sound well, great you. and you know i i love that i can kind of make this connection between you guys and this band that you chose uh, scratch acid and this record because th i think there's a lot of similarities there it seems yeah, yeah. I, I i would agree with that yeah i think we're cut from a similar cloth we're just you know in the future and they're in yeah. the past you know? yeah yeah so it's well, like so but it's like oh go ahead Oh, I was just going to say, um, so there's this continuing theme that kind of keeps on getting reoccurring theme that gets mentioned in the shows that I'm doing, where um, I think I got a little hung up on the idea of like, I feel like noise rock uh, as like a, a genre and like maybe even a title of a, of like a movement, if you want to call it that um, seems to be kind of going through a, a renaissance at this point, like kind of kind of similar to to that of grunge in the 90s like i think like how do you feel about that like noise rock being kind of compared to, to grunge um i mean i think a lot of grunge was influenced by yeah. a lot of the what you call noise rock in the 80s you know the right. post-punk kind of more odd odd stuff i mean it seemed like yeah. more, more people were going for music that would be out of like chicago or wisconsin and stuff out of la with a lot of the, the seattle grunge bands right but do you see it like noise rock and like the the, the bands that are falling underneath that umbrella currently like in this day um as having some kind of like mass market appeal like kind of mainstream possibilities or or what uh, i don't know i mean does anything have real mainstream possibilities what is mainstream music now i mean what what is popular right. nowadays it's weird i mean like because i i mean i i don't know i mean what would be what would be considered mainstream rock at this point I, I think the biggest acts currently like in this day are still pop stars like back when nirvana started they were kind of the ones that that switched or kind of like changed the music industry where you know it wasn't totally uncommon to have a rock band in the, the charts and competing with these pop stars like you know mariah carey and and yeah, uh, yeah. whitney houston well, what, what would be what would be something that's not a legacy rock band that would be in mainstream modern music at this point i mean is there is right. there new rock music that's in the forefront that's being put out there i don't think it could happen it not at, not like at that level so, not well, at that also, level you know things yeah. are very decentralized well, it's like yeah, yeah so calculated you that you can go search out whatever music you want you could listen to stuff from the 30s Right. You could listen to something new, you know, maybe, maybe what's going on now is that people are able to access music that they enjoy. And maybe, maybe that's kind of contributing to this, that people are mm -hmm. kind of getting their taste satiated and they're putting more energy into things that they like. Right. Right. Know. Yeah. I think, um, I think what it is, is that like, so what I'm learning is that, uh, you know, as for like whatever you want to kind of call noise rock. Um, yeah kind of started in the 80s uh it seems like it was probably somewhere around like 85 uh particularly with amphetamine reptile records for founding uh and all of the bands that they put out um obviously they go that goes on stuff like that and in that like area of music at that time um goes on to influence the grunge era and then grunge becomes a huge massive uh mainstream thing and now I feel like, you know, here we are, what, 30 years after grunge? Uh, yeah. yeah, about 30 years. And is it is it working in a cycle? Or are we going to come back around and like noise rock is going to kind of carry that torch to be? Well, I mean, it, it seems like a lot of stuff is cyclical. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it seems like there's there's a, a big uh, kind of retro appeal to the 90s at this point. I mean, mm -hmm. what, like in the last decade, it was the 80s, kind of seemed like 80s culture and fashion was being celebrated but is that also being condensed and happening quicker you mm -hmm. know i mean was that right. five years ago was that 10 years ago i mean now yeah. it's the 90s and five more years will it be the 2000s yeah it's a it's a blur this life we lived <laughs> I, yeah. I can't tell what when that happened but i just know it did um all right well uh let, let's move on the to the next song how about uh skin drips <laughs> I think this was the one that particularly reminded me of the the birthday party. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah I could I could hear that. It definitely does. It reminds me of some mutated honky tonk too, for some reason. That's like the first thing that always popped in my head. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Why. That's kind of how I felt about the birthday party when I listened to them. I was just yeah. like, that's like they got that weird, grimy, like uh semi greaser thing going on. Kinda, yeah. Yeah. It's weird. Um, not much to say about this song though. I mean, it's pretty like uh like sexually graphic song. <laughs> oh, yeah. Kind of wild. Um, it's a wild I, one. Yeah, it sure is. I mean, I guess like that's a good feel, a good vibe for it, considering. Um, yeah. So I, not much to say about it. And then like the other songs on on this side of the record, the uh, the last three songs, this is bliss, and flying houses. Um, that one, this one's crazy. Hold on, I got to play that one. Yeah, lots, it's brutal. lots of whacking, lots yeah. of twanging. Yeah, that's that's some good Ray Washam pummeling. Yeah, yeah. You know, you mentioned him earlier, uh, or somebody did. I can't remember who said it, but uh, his drumming, like uh, he went on to play for Ministry, and I think that that is probably like the best progression he could have made because of how like intense and like uh, and, and like the amount of beats per minute, like that type of percussion requires. Yeah, it's crazy. He's just, uh, he's an all around incredible percussionist, really. I mean, it's, I, I can't offhand think of like a, a lot of the stuff he's been on, but he's been involved in a lot of stuff. Oh, yeah, I think mm-hmm. he played with Tad with Digits. He was like a standard yep. drummer for Tad. Yeah. Yep. I mean, like, yeah, the Digits. Just really um, a very versatile musician. Yeah, but this song in particular just kind of makes me think about that. Just kind of like, because it just sounds so, it almost sounds like a drum machine. Yeah. Like it's just Uh, such such stunning. It's crazy. Yeah, and he played with Rape Man too. That's, you can see with that song too. It's like it totally fit in with like taking the rhythm section, Scratch Acid and adding Albini. And that was a really rad band too. Yeah, right. But um, as far as this record is concerned, I mean, that, that was the last song on this album. And it's such an amazing one. Like, the breaks in that song are fucking wild. Like, oh, yeah. Yeah. I have no idea what the timing is on that. Like, when they just stop and just all of a sudden come in. Yeah, it's beyond me. Yeah, it's so wild. Great. Yeah. So um, in closing, the, the last thing I have to say about this record is that I found this um this quote from... Uh, from Gary Davis, who uh, wrote for Flipside Magazine. He said uh, that the band is unpretentious, fast, and forceful. They present no gimmicks, glamour, or elaborate stage show. After all, that's already been done so many times before. Scratch Acid simply walk on stage in their street clothes and begin to play. The quality of their music stands on its own. And I think that's a very powerful statement to make for any band. And and I think that from what I have learned about you guys and like listening to your records, like I think that that kind of qualify as you guys qualify for a statement such you know similar to that well thanks yeah thank you yeah, thanks a lot i think that's kind of the aesthetic that we're aiming for really right no bullshit you just pretty much just yeah, genuine. Yeah, that's it you know guys playing music not much thought put into it we just do what we do yeah all right so um so when you're in uh texas for no coast fest are you um are you gonna have any merch there available for for people? Yeah, yeah. we'll have some stuff with us. Yeah, yeah, shirts, vinyl, CDs, patches, buttons. Oh, stuff great! Like you have that. you have Stickers. vinyl. Do you have do you have vinyl of all the records or or which ones? Just three, three Forbidden Place right now. We'll have CDs, okay. like pretty much everything else, and like we have tapes too. We're gonna we're probably bringing out too. Cool. Okay, Set that's tapes, great. Because yeah. I, I gotta grab some. I don't know how the hell I'm gonna get to Texas and back. Like I, I have so many records to buy. It's kind of stupid. Well, gonna, if you we'll, don't make it out, we can always mail you one. Yeah. Yeah. No, I know. I know. I, I just like to put the put it in your hands. You know, that's the that's my thing. I, I, whenever I, I oh, yeah. yeah, whenever right. I can, I prefer to put it right in the hands of the of the band. You know. Totally. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, uh, if not, I'll I'll order it from you guys for sure. Um, I just want to say I wish you best of luck uh, getting to Texas and. Uh, if, Thanks, I can't, if I can't see it, I hope it goes great. I'm sure it's going to be a great turnout. 
I appreciate it. Thank yeah, you very much. Yeah, Absolutely. All right, guys. Well, uh, have a good day. It's been a pleasure talking to you. All right. Take care. Likewise. Thanks for having us. Absolutely. Anytime, man. Vinyl Envision is a psychic static production. Theme song written and performed by Jeff Robinson, 123 Astro. 